it says now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave, uh, he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. Uh, that's the good mindset you got to have. You got to be expecting to receive, right? Even if it was, he was thinking he was getting alms, he was getting something. But he was open and ready to receive something. Uh, and so that's really the first step to getting anything from God is you got to be expect to receive. If you don't want to come here expecting to receive something, you're not going to get anything. But if you come here with your minds wide open, say, God, I need something from you. I'm here to tell you God's going to give you something. And, man, that you're going to walk out of here differently. But we got to have uh, be expecting to receive. Verse 6, then said Peter, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at the which uh, had happened unto him, as would anybody be amazed, amen, and we are, uh, we know that uh, the miracle power that uh, we just read about is not just archived in the, the Word of God, but it's alive and well. Miracles and signs and wonders still happen today. Why? Because God is still here. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he can heal somebody back then, he can still heal somebody today. Does anybody believe in the power of Jesus' name to, to heal somebody, to deliver whatever the problem is? Amen. Jesus is the answer. Amen, amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, Unscheduled, Unscheduled. Amen. You may be seated today. Amen. We all have our, our daily routines and, and daily schedules that uh, we are, ha, ha, are become almost second nature to us and but to somebody else, it's it's nerve wracking. It's 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 anxious because they're they're not used to that. And uh, this this happened just this past Friday when um, I uh, had to drive the truck up there to deliver the supplies. But I w wanted to leave early enough that I can get back at a decent time. And um, I want to thank Brother Jorge for driving with, riding with me, a long trip there and back. Uh, but uh, the plan was to leave here at 6 a.m., which uh, normally I don't even, the girls are not even up by then. And, and so I obviously had to leave much earlier. And Taylor, she, she's already off at work by then. So if I'm not there, then, the, then nobody's there to get the girls. But 
thankfully, I asked my sister to come and help. Uh, and trying to explain to her the, the schedule and the routine of all that we do in the morning to get them up and ready to go. And obviously, if you're not used to it, uh, it's, it you just you dive in and it's, it's nerve-wracking because you don't know, you don't want to mess up and you don't want to you know, get the kids school, to school late and have them missing out and all these things. And so uh, we all have our, uh, our regularly scheduled programs and, and that we're used to that keeps us comfortable knowing that, hey, this is coming up next and this is this and this and that. And what happens is when something comes in to uh, rearrange or, or mess up our uh, regularly scheduled day, then, then things can get a little bit chaotic or crazy. Because we're not used to all of that. Uh, and that's what uh, hurricanes do. We all have, uh, we're all going throughout our day, doing our schedules and, and work and all of these things. Uh, but sadly, the hurricanes don't realize that. And they don't care about that, do they? They're just coming one way or another, make way, uh, uh, prepare, get out of the way, or, or whatever it is. But I'm coming. And, and hurricanes and natural disasters, they come and they just... They, they just shut everything down for days or weeks on end, depending on how bad it is. Uh, and uh, if they had a voice, maybe they would say, sorry to interrupt your regularly scheduled program, but here I am to uh, present myself and, and coming through your town or your neighborhood. And we, we, we do the best that we can uh, with what we got and, and, and all of those things, but uh, after everything gets back together, to the most part, we, we start getting falling back in line and doing, doing what we were doing before if, as, as best as we can. And thankfully that we've, uh, we're back on our feet. And uh, I haven't, uh, honestly, haven't lately checked on how it is on Fort Myers Beach. They're still obviously got a ways to go from what the devastation that they had. But uh, they can't say we're, we're back to our regularly scheduled programs uh, because of the devastation there. But uh, for the most people, we're, we're trying to assimilate back into our normal life and our schedule of things and back to our comfort and our ways of life. But uh, that's really how uh, the world is. It, it runs on programs and scheduling and planning and all of these things, and uh, that's just the way life is. Uh, what, what, what kind of world would it be if, if everybody... And every business woke up and says, well, let's, let's see what we're going to do today. That would be, uh, it would be probably chaos. I mean, every single day there, where there's no scanning or scheduling or planning or, or planning ahead uh, of, of all these things, uh, it, would be, it would be a mess. And so that's how the world runs, and that's just the way really life operates. If you want to uh, enjoy life to the fullest, you've got to sk- – schedule things out and plan things and and go along with that and so uh but with with these uh initiatives and and, and growth and planning obviously there's uh people who have become very successful in building things or programs or, or companies that, uh, that become uh world-renowned companies and uh, if they're looking to make a little bit of extra money on the side or somebody who is who is good at that they they begin to become a coach or, or a consultant and say, hey, this is how we did it. Uh, these are the steps you need to do uh, to help grow your business and to grow uh, whatever it is that you're doing. And, and all of those things are fine and good, and uh, we need to implement 
as much of those in our life in our, as we can because uh, we want to grow, right? We don't want to stay the same. At least I, I hope you want to grow. And to do that, we have to implement these things and keep on reaching for new stuff and, and stretching for goals and, and all of these things if, if we want to experience uh, new growth and uh, reach for higher highs, see things and do things that we've never done before. It just doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by a, uh, just uh, accidentally. Uh, just like the uh, the people that believe in in the Big Bang, like this, all of this just happened accidentally. I can't. I don't have the faith to believe that this is just by happenstance. I believe that somebody up there spoke this world into existence. There's a there's a designer. There's a creator of this world uh, who created everything out and, and according to his will and his desire uh, for it to play out. And so there is a, a schedule for this world. And the universe of it, and that schedule is run by Jesus. Everything is on his plan and his timing, and it's on us to make sure that we align ourselves with what his schedule is. And it's never, it's not going to line up with our schedule, but we need to forfeit our schedule and say, God, uh, I, I, I know you're going to do something great, and I'm praying and I'm believing for it to happen, but it hasn't happened yet, and uh, it's not on us to to, to quit and to get discouraged, but just keep on believing because we know it's all, everything is according to God's plan and his timing and his schedule. And I want to make sure that uh, we are aligned with that because that's where uh, everything is, is, is perfect with God's plan being played out in our lives. We can interrupt his schedule uh, or at least maybe delay it if we are trying to force our way to happen. And force our will to be done. And uh, in order for God's will to be done, uh, he's got to work on us first. And then He's then he can work through us. Uh, but if, if we're not willing for him to work on us, there's only going to be a matter of time when he says, I'm going to move on to somebody else. I don't, I don't want the hand of God to leave me and, and move on to somebody else. I want to make sure that I'm su submitting myself to the Lord, to his will, to his word, because you never know what God has in store. It's all nothing but good things that God does. All things are good in his eyes, and I want to make sure that uh, I'm aligning with his schedule and that means me uh, submitting and surrendering my plans and my will and my desire to his word. It doesn't matter how uh, educated you and I may be, how many degrees or uh, doctorates that we have. The thing that uh, makes this world go around is the word of God. And that, is, that is the line right there in the sand. When, so whatever the word says, that's what it's going to go by. And so it doesn't matter our interpretation of it. It's what the Lord says. And i got to make sure we rightly divide the word so that we are making sure his plan is going to be fulfilled in my life. And part of that plan is to be born again. Jesus says you, you can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again, born of the water and of the spirit. That means you got to repent of your sins, tell God you're sorry, forgive me for all that I've done. Aren't you thankful he's faithful and just, that he will forgive you of your sins, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad your past is, God will forgive you of your sins. And then he says we need to be born of the water. we got to be baptized in Jesus' name, to be buried with him in the waters of baptism, to say goodbye to that old life and look forward to the new life and the resurrection uh, and receiving the Holy Ghost 
uh, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And that, my friends, that is just the beginning of that new life in God. I'm thankful for, for that process. I'm thankful for being baptized in Jesus' name. I'm thankful for receiving the Holy Ghost, but that's just the beginning. God has so much more in store. I don't want to stay there at the beginning of the doctrine. I want to pursue and reach for new heights and, and go deeper in the Lord. And that means we got to keep on reaching forward to new things and new dimensions in God. Uh, and aligning ourselves with his program and with his schedule. And that means we are God to surrender our, our schedule to him. And so as, uh, as we know growth principles and steps, there's all kinds of books to do these seven steps and you'll be successful or 12 or whatever. There's all kinds of steps uh, and so if you, if you work hard enough, you can, you can write a book too and, and however many steps you want to put together from your life experience. And so those are all good things and uh, you extract the, the principles in them and try to apply them in your life. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, a lot of the uh, business growth strategies and, and corporate uh, programs and plannings that they have out there, as much as uh, we want to... Uh, take those and uh, apply it to the church. Uh, the church is not of this world. The church is something different. And so trying to take a, a man-made thing and say, hey, let's put this into the church and try to, to grow the church that way. That's not how God planned these things for the church to grow. Uh, we can't grow the church with some kind of program or plan or, or schedule. But uh, what can grow the church is being submitted to the Lord, word of God and letting his spirit grow uh, and go throughout here and, and into our lives and our hearts because it's his church and his spirit that uh, starts the church. And it's his plan. It's his plan and program that ultimately is going to grow the church. And not to say that we can't uh, try all these uh, plans and programs and principles and all of these things. And 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 to do all those things, those are great. But. Uh, we have to understand that the church is not a material thing, but the church is a spiritual thing. And so you can't take something from the world, uh, a carnal plan, a man-made uh, man program, and plug it into the church and say, okay, spirit, now, now you need to do what we have programmed you to do. That's not how it works. Uh, and so as much as we want to uh, apply seven steps to, to the church and uh, sit back and, and hit play and, and try to watch it grow. That's not how uh, God designed everything. God designed the church growth by us submitting to him and surrendering and say, God, let your will be done. Uh, let your spirit have your way in our life. And so uh, trying to uh, contain uh, the spirit of God, the, the life of the church, trying to schedule it in and program it in and box it in and, and to use it to, to, to build a, a church however we fee, see fit is, is not the way that God intended for it. And so the church was not birthed from some kind of program or from some man-made seven steps do these things and then all of a sudden it was church, uh, there become, you get a church. No, the church was birthed by the breath of God when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. That's when the church began uh, through the infilling of the Holy Ghost and so that makes you a part of the church once you receive the Holy Ghost. Being baptized into one body by one spirit. And so... Uh, if the church was started by an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, what can, what can man do to 
to, to, to contain it and direct it and to help it grow uh, by adding his own thoughts and ideas and plans. We can't take some corporate plan and say uh, the church is going to do this and we're going to see we're going to see growth from that. Uh, we may see uh, numerical growth, but does that mean that we're spiritually growing? Because there's plenty of churches out there that have a numerical growth, but uh, that's not really makes the church. What makes a church is the spiritual aspect of it. And you can have the biggest church in the city, but that doesn't mean the spirit of God is going to be there just because you got the plans and the programs and the numbers in there. But what matters most of all is that we have the Holy Ghost moving in here, that we have the spirit of God moving through here. That's what makes the church. That's what makes us uh, who we are. And the church of the living God is when we have the Holy Ghost moving in us and through us and in uh, our church. Uh, and so uh, putting a schedule on the Spirit of God uh, doesn't really work out because how can we carnal beings say, God, I'm going to, this is, you need to do these things and then you can do your way. I know that we come here and obviously we are, we do have a, a church schedule, somewhat of a, a program and the things that we go to. Uh, but uh, singing three or four songs uh, doesn't mean that, uh, okay, God, we sung out, we checked these things off, and now it's your turn to move. That's not, uh, God doesn't work like that. God, if God wants to move, we need to say, okay, God, let's get out of the way. Let's put our schedule aside and say, okay, the Lord is moving, and so we want to follow along with the Lord. And, uh, and so to directing God and, and telling him, hey, now, now you, God, you can move in this 15-minute window, God, this is what we got for you. Why would we want to be a part of the church that confines and contains God inside of a box and say this is, this is the amount of time that the Lord is allowed to move in, in this in service that we structured? I mean, uh, that's not really a church, is it? Because uh, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, they didn't have any type of schedule or anything. They just uh, God just showed up like a rushing mighty wind, and he took over, and all of a sudden now God is running the church, and uh, the Spirit begins to move, and uh, that's what we want to do, and that's what we want to uh, make sure that we align ourselves with what God wants to do in our life. And as, as much as... Uh, we, we do these things, obviously, uh, not talking down of, uh, of this and saying, let's throw everything out the window. We'd obviously have order and structure, but uh, we ultimately, we want God's will to be done in his way, right? And so whatever, gets, uh, whatever needs to move out of the way should move out of the way for the Lord to move. Uh, we're not going to be so rigid that we've got to stick to our schedule for, for God to have his way. Uh, and so... In, in Jesus' day, there were people in the church, well, before the church was born, but they, there were people that were over the uh, religious temples and, and, and they, uh, the, the services that they had there, uh, the high priests and the Pharisees, they were the ones who were in charge, and they were the ones who had uh, schedules and, and uh, events and all of these things, and they, they kept everything uh, aligned with the word of God as best as they could, but sadly, a lot of traditions, man-made ideas and traditions get put in there, and so uh, pretty soon you're doing something that you don't even realize what you're doing. Uh, you just do it out of habit, and so uh, they were okay with, with Jesus as long as he would operate within their box, right? 
we're, we're okay with you, Jesus, as long as you stay in this little taped area and you don't go too far out of, out, out, of, out, of, out of bounds and you stay within our parameters and within this box and with this schedule, then, then we'll be okay with you because it's our schedule that runs everything and it's our plan and our program. And so they were fine with that, but uh, as long as Jesus stayed within that, well, Jesus is not going to stay within the confines of man because he, it's his kingdom and it's his will that's going to be done and his plan and his schedule. And so he goes around and he's doing whatever he wants to do. Why? Because he's the Lord, right? And so that's one of the issues that the Pharisees had with Jesus is he was just doing, doing whatever he wanted to do and it was making them look bad. And the, the people in charge that have all that, they don't want to look bad, right? Government doesn't want to look bad. And so what do they do? They, they, they plot to kill Jesus, to get rid of him. This guy is just making a mess of everything, and he's not following our protocol. He's teaching all these new things that we don't care about, and we're just sticking to our own ways and uh, all these things. And so uh, they were planning to get rid of him, and so they did that, crucified him. But little did they realize that that was part of God's plan. Because that's where he needed to birth a church from his death. And uh, through his death and resurrection, now all of a sudden, uh, the church has emerged on the scene. And if they could not control Jesus in one person, in one body, they definitely cannot control Jesus inside 120 people. And then even 3,000 afterwards, and then began to spread and spread and spread. Uh, and so that's what, that's the way God likes to operate when he can just go and move and with no obstacles in his way. When people People are submitted and surrendered to his will, then the spirit begins to move and spread like a wildfire. And so who are who is man to try to contain a wildfire? I mean, obviously we firefighters do their best, and obviously we you know we we really try to do contain it. Uh, but in the in the grand scheme of things, I mean, we can't really control a, a, a wildfire. I mean, it's it's natural. It's it's blazing and, and going. And obviously, with our technology, we're we're doing much better. Uh, but uh, just uh, at some point, when the fire just gets so big that they they just got to say, "There's nothing we can do," right? And you just got to let it go. And, and so uh, that's the type of church that we want to have. Is just we're not going to try to contain the Holy Ghost fire, but we're just going to let God go and say, hey, whatever you want to do, Lord, we're, we're not here to contain it. We're not here to put it under a schedule, but oh, we want to make sure that your, your, your will is done and your, the Holy Ghost fire pours out like never before. And who are we to try to contain it? Jeremiah was the one who said, your word is like a fire shut up in my bone. Uh, we use that a lot, but what was he doing? He was trying to say, he was saying, well, I'm not going to say anything anymore then. Uh, you told me, you sp spoke a word to me for me to speak to somebody. He's like, I'm not going to, I don't want to say those things. And then all of a sudden, it's like a fire shut up inside, trying to contain the Holy Ghost inside of you. It's like a fire going to be shut up because it wants to get out. The Holy Ghost wants to move and breathe and, and not just consume you, but consume somebody else. And so we don't want to be the one trying to contain it, but we want to release uh, God into our lives and let him do what he wants us to do. And so the birth of the church in Acts 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound of, from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
There appeared on them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so we know, looking back, that the, the, this was the birth of the church. On the day of Pentecost. And so if you want to get technical, I guess you can say from hindsight, we can say that, yeah, the, uh, it was scheduled, the church was scheduled to be born on the day of Pentecost. But that's from our perspective. But from the 120 perspective, they didn't know what the schedule was. Jesus didn't tell them to show up uh, in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, show up on, on uh, Sunday at 11 a.m., and then the Holy Ghost is going to pour out. That's not what he told them. He told them to uh, go and tarry and wait. So they, whatever schedules that they had. If they wanted to be a part of the, the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost, if they wanted to claim that I was one of the 120, they had to get rid of their schedule. They had to get rid of their plans and, and anything that they had expected or, or planned ahead, they had to get rid of all that things if they wanted to be a part of the church that was getting ready to be birthed because Jesus said just to go there and wait. We don't have a schedule for you. I'm not going to tell you when it's going to happen, but you just got to go there and wait. And we see this playing out here in Acts chapter 1 and 2. It's until the day in which he was taken up, Jesus was taken up after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so that was the schedule that Jesus gave them. You stay here in Jerusalem and you wait for the promise. Uh, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So what does that mean? What does not many days hence mean? I'm sure they were asking that question too. And we are told in other parts of the scripture that Jesus was seen by uh, at least 500 people. And so 500 people could have been told to wait for the promise of the Father. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. 500 people could have been told that, but how many people actually waited and how many people actually tarried? Uh, uh, we know that 120 were there in the out, initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That means uh, 380 people says, I got a schedule to keep. 380 people says, I've already got plans. And if you're not going to tell me exactly when and where it's going to happen, then I got to go take care of some stuff and 
Uh, maybe I'll come back at, a, at some other time. But uh, 120 people says, okay, Lord, whatever it is, uh, this thing is going to be unscheduled, but I, I don't want to miss out on it. I don't want to miss out on what you have in store. Uh, and so we got to make sure that uh, all the plans and all the schedules and everything, programs go out the window because we're tearing and waiting on the Lord for him to have his way. That's why when he comes again, at the return of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, it's the same thing. Same thing as when the beginning of the church happened is, is the way he's going to call the church back home. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when and where, but you need to make sure you're tarrying and you're being ready ready for me to come. Because in a, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, there's a trumpet that's going to sound. And those that are alive are going to catch him in the air and meet up those that are in the grave. And so there's coming a day. I, don't, I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but I, I can sure tell you this. You don't want to miss out on that upper room. You you don't want to miss out on what God has in store on his second return because that's when uh, he's taking this church out of this world. And I don't know about you if you've uh, take a glance at the world out there, but I don't want to stay here now. And so we got to make sure that just as the church was birthed is the same way that it's going to be taken out of here uh, those that are those that are willing and waiting and tearing and, and waiting for the moving of the Holy Ghost, those are the ones that are going to experience what God has in store. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the 120 or the 500, at least all those that he told to go and wait uh, for the promise of the Father that you're going to be baptized, 380, as, as we said, said, Lord, why can't you just put it on the church calendar and I'll be there? Just put it on there and I'll show up uh, because that's, that's a lot easier just to show up when it's time, right? As opposed to tarrying and waiting and just uh, waiting every, every moment, every, every minute, every hour, every day. We're just waiting on the Lord. That's not an easy thing to do. And many people don't want to do that. They just want to uh, show up. God, tell me what time it's going to happen. And I'll make sure that I'm there and, and I'll be there. But funny enough, I mean, we have a, we have a church calendar uh, that we put all these dates down here, and we handed it out. Obviously, at the beginning of the year, we got the whole year planned out, all these things, and even still, people say, "Well, I didn't know that was happening." Well, I mean, do you need two years' notice? I mean, how much advance notice do you need? I mean, we tried to do a year, uh, and. Uh, it's, it's just kind of funny because uh, we got this and you got online, digital bulletin online. At any moment you can check the calendar, but even the, yet there's still people that say, oh, I didn't know that was going on. And so, uh, you know, what we, we, want, we, want, we want revival and we're ready for revival, but I, jokingly, I, I wonder if I just put revival on the calendar, if anyone would, would realize it's happening, Right? I mean, at least those that didn't look at it before, uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll know the, the events for the rest of the year after today. But uh, 
What if revival was put on the calendar? That's, see, you see, that's what we want. We just we want revival. God, put revival on the calendar, and I'll be there, and I'll be excited. But that's not how this thing works. Uh, this thing goes unscheduled. Revival goes unscheduled. The move of God cannot be scheduled in time, a certain day, a certain hour of the day of the week. No, you got to make sure you're sensitive to God and feeling it out. Say, God, whenever you're ready to move, I'm ready to jump in, too. I'm ready to go with you, Lord, and we can't schedule out a revival because everyone will show up but no preparation has been put in in place for that and so it's actually in all the preparation is where it all begins the people that showed up in the day of Pentecost obviously it was a holiday a Jewish holiday and that's why there are millions there in the city and, and we know that 3,000 people received the Holy Ghost and were baptized right after Peter's sermon right after they received it uh, 3,000 more received it uh, and so those people were like man I'm glad I showed up here this is great what a what an awesome move of God thank thank God that I showed up at Sunday at 11 and and Peter's like man you missed it man Obviously, we're glad, we're glad you're here. But if you thought this was great, you should have been in the upper room earlier, right? I mean, uh, uh, you should have been there. You could see the tongues of fire, and uh, you, you could have heard the rushing mighty wind. Uh, the things that you uh, hear uh, waiting on the Lord, that, that moves you and changes you and molds you and shape you into the, the man or woman that God has called you to be. And you can't just put on a schedule and say, God's going to move at 1143 and show up at 1143. So the church is really should be unscheduled. Obviously, we do. We're, we're here because there is a schedule. But the church goes far beyond Sunday at 11, Sunday at 9.30, Sunday at 8. The church is not just a day. The church is not even this building. We just happen to be here in this building. Uh, and so this is not the church. This is, this is the building that we meet in. The Bible says you and I are the church. The Holy Ghost doesn't live in this building. The Holy Ghost lives inside of each and every one of us. We make the church up. We are the body of Christ, not the building, but we are gathered here and assembled here. And obviously the, uh, God moves in this place. Why? Because we got 100 people filled with the Holy Ghost. You, you're not going to tell me there's not going to be a move of God there. Wherever we go, we go meet out in the park somewhere start praying and worshiping God. God's going to move out there. Why? Because he's inside of us uh, and he's not... Uh, living inside in the attic upstairs here and so uh, you can't really uh, put a schedule on what God wants to do we we would love that because that means that we don't have to give up our schedule we can do whatever we want go and have breakfast or, or whatever uh, and then show up at 1142 because 1143 is when God's going to move but the truth is, to that is, uh, even if we do show up a minute before that, uh, have we prepared our heart in time to receive what God has in store? You see, the tarrying is what prepares us for what God is going to do. Just showing up when it's being poured out is great, but uh, uh, if you want to go to the next level, show up even earlier and start preparing yourself earlier. Show up at, at 8 o'clock in the morning and start praying saying, God, I'm here early. Uh, I want to see what you have in store. And uh, As much as I, as I enjoy the 11 o'clock worship, what would happen if I showed up even earlier? 
And again, you can get your touch at, at 8.15 in the morning. God can just blow your, get a healing at 8.15 in the morning. And we don't need to wait till 11.15 for worship service because you showed up. Hey, I'm just here to show up. I'm here for God, the move of God, whatever he wants to move in my life and do. I want to make sure I'm preparing myself for that. And so uh, uh, as much as we just want to put revival on the calendar, it doesn't work like that. And even still, there would be some people, well, I didn't know that was happening. So it's a good thing we don't, right? But there can be, with, with, with mankind and our, our ways of trying to schedule things out, and, and, and obviously that's just the way the world works, and not speaking against that or speaking against our church services. I mean, we need these. Uh, it's a vital part of who we are. Uh, but... Uh, what I'm trying to get across to you today is that the church is more than 11 o'clock on Sunday. You can't, you can't schedule what God is wants to do uh, within a one-hour window and say, God, okay, this is your turn. We did our three songs. Now it's your turn, God. Uh, God is more than that. God is, uh, the church is more than just a good service, but it goes far beyond what happens here. Uh, and so we can't put everything in here as much as we pour ourselves out here. If we're not doing anything else and living by our own schedule throughout the week, then this time of gathering here, it, it, it becomes something that it shouldn't be, that it can only, it only happens here. If it, if it only, if it, if it, God is only moving in here, where is he the rest of your life throughout the week, right? Because again, this is not the church. We are the, you're the church. We're the church. And so the, if the only move of God we are experiencing is here at Sunday at 11, uh, where's God in your life the rest of the week? And so Israel got to the point where 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 they where they got into the tradition of things and uh, thinking that we can just uh, push a few buttons, check off a few uh, lists, to do lists, and do these things, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's all going to come together, and God's gonna uh, God's gonna come and save the day. And we see this in First Samuel four and three. It says, "When the people were come into the camp, uh, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? So they were battling them, and they were getting beat. They said, uh, Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. Well, the first problem was the ark was somewhere else where you were not. That's not how they won battles with Joshua and, and before them, but... Somehow the ark just was stayed up somewhere, and so that's the first problem. But then they got to the point where they got through so much uh, schedules and tra tradition and programs that uh, they just said, bring out the ark, lay it down, and God's going to do the rest. They got so uh, careless and nonchalant about uh, God that they could just think, well, we'll just bring the ark out, and God's going to do it all, as if it's a schedule. Uh, to to do that for God. Now it's your turn, God. We hit play. Now, God, you go do your thing. 
You see, they had the protocol and procedure down, but they were missing something because it's, it's more than a schedule. It's more than a, a worship song. It's, it's more than just a, a Sunday service. There's something more to it. There's, it's more than just the ark because they had the ark. If it was the, just the ark, then they would have had the victory. But it's more than that because it's the Spirit of God that's, that does it all. And if we're not connected to that and we're not moving with the, with the Spirit of God, then really uh, we're doing everything in vain aren't we? You see, when the, when the church is only about the scheduled events, we can always miss out on something because we look so forward to the scheduled events. And obviously we, 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 have, the, we have events that are scheduled, obviously, as I said, throughout the whole year, planned out these things. And the, uh, but again, as, as much as on the church calendar, that even that does not define the extent of the church. The church is not just Sunday at worship. The church is not just all these uh, events that we have throughout the week. No, the church is more than that because we cannot contain or confine the, the Holy Ghost inside of us. And so the church, the real church is actually unscheduled because we're waiting on God's schedule. Not just here, but in our life every single day. And so... Uh, if it was just about scheduled events, there are bigger churches out there that have bigger schedules. Then why isn't God there? There are bigger churches with bigger budgets and bigger events. And so if it was just about an event on the calendar, uh, then there are there are a lot of churches out there that have uh, events and bigger events than we do, but uh, we know that it's not just about that, but there's something behind the event, and that is you and me because we contain the Holy Ghost inside of us. And so whatever event we do, we put on the calendar, that's great, and we want to do our best, but even still, it's more than the event because it's about the Holy Ghost inside of us and what he wants us to do. And so getting beyond the, the thought that if it's not on the church calendar, then I guess we're not going to do it, or I guess we can't do it. Again, we can fill, we can, there's 365 days. If it's about the events, we can fill every day out if we want. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's not about the event. It's about it's about being unscheduled and being allowing God to use us, and uh, it's it's about that building that relationship with him throughout the week because uh, we just don't want the, him to be poured out here on Sunday, but I, I need that Holy Ghost moving in my life on Monday, and I need it on Tuesday and Wednesday. And so uh, as much as we gather here and we pour everything out, this is great, and I'm not diminishing what goes on here, but uh, there uh, we can't contain what God does here when he wants to do so much more outside these four walls. Can't wait for uh, another uh, another kids kids revival, a special kids service for my my kids to get the Holy Ghost. Why would I why would I why would I just sit around and wait for that next scheduled event? God, I hope I hope the church plans another kids revival before the rapture so my kid can get the Holy Ghost at that event. We're missing something. Because then we're making that event more than what it really is. Why can't we get our kids get the Holy Ghost at home? Right? 
Why can't they do that? Why, why, why do we, uh, it, because it's so much easier to bring them to church and, hey, Sunday school's at 930, drop my kid off, get the Holy Ghost kid, come out, somebody pray my kid through the Holy Ghost. That's a lot easier showing up on the schedule than it is at home, trying to dig out uh, a schedule in my life at home or say, come on, kids, we're coming together and we're praying together at home. Uh, as much as we get excited about our kids getting the Holy Ghost at kids' rallies and events, and, and we need them, and they're great. As, as much as excited as we get, imagine how excited we would get if we did not wait for the next kids' revival, if we did not wait for the next mega church, or if we didn't wait for the next Sunday school teacher to, to pray my kid through. Uh, imagine if, if we just said at home, hey, we're going to create an atmosphere because we're the church. The Holy Ghost is inside of us, and let's do what we got to do to get God out of here and fill our kids at home. Uh, that's going to be more lasting, I'll tell you, than, than some, some revival because you created the atmosphere in your home for that to happen and that's a hard thing to do the easy thing to do is I'm going to take my kid to the scheduled event and the pastor you need to fill my kid with the Holy Ghost because that's easier to do than me at home clearing a, clearing a space for the Lord to seek the Holy Ghost at home is a harder thing easy to drop my kid off and say get, go get the Holy Ghost But yeah, we want the schedule because it means that we don't have to tarry. It means that we don't have to work, that we, we don't have to uh, put aside our schedule. But it means we don't have to turn off the TV and turn off the iPad and say, no, we're not doing that any longer. We're going to spend some time with the Lord. We're going to start praying together and, and seeking the Lord because who knows when the next kid's revival is going to be. And we need to make sure you get the Holy Ghost before the rapture happens. So I can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait for the next church service, the scheduled event. No, it can happen outside of church. Why can't our kids get, uh, get the Holy Ghost at home in a prayer meeting that we're doing at home if we're doing them? Because, again, the schedule is much easier to have somebody else do that. And then when kids get older and they backslide and they can say, well, the church pastor didn't pray hard enough for my kid. If we have a, if we have a, a genuine on-fire relationship with God, how can you backslide? How can you backslide? But if everything is about a schedule, an event, and a place, say, hey, we go here, we go here at Sunday, we go here at 11, we go here at 930, if, it, if that's what it's all about, then, yeah, that's tradition. There's no difference than uh, that's a religious tradition, right? Mankind has been doing that for thousands of years, and of course you can backslide when it's just that because it's, it's meaningless. But the church is more than just something scheduled. The church it has to be unscheduled, and that means that we can have church on Monday night with just my family in my living room because we're singing and praising God, and the Holy Ghost can pour out and, and fill all of us uh, like as of tongues and uh, hear that mighty Russian wind just like they did in Acts 2. Why can't that happen? It can we know it can, but we know, I think we know, in order for that to happen, our schedules are going to have to change. And it's easier to say, schedule another kid's revival. 
schedule another evangelist, and that's when it's going to happen. And then it comes and goes, and it doesn't happen. Are our, 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 our hearts even ready for that? There's something about the tarrying that causes us to get unscheduled and say, God, whatever you want, whatever your way is, that's what he wants. It's not the most important thing, God, is for you to move in our life and, uh, and not just here in service, but whenever and wherever you want to move. Musicians, if you would come. As we saw here in our text, Peter and John, they were going, they looked at their, uh, they looked at the church calendar and they said, up, oh, it's time to go to prayer, go, go to the temple and prayer. The, the hour of prayer, and so they were headed up to the hour of prayer. Again, they were on schedule. Again, nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to bash what we do. Uh, we need this, but we need more than this. We need more than a schedule. We need more than a good service because uh, God can't be confined in, in just this little time that we have here. Uh, and so Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer because that's what the, 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 the family prayer was. We're, we're going there. But they encountered a man that was lame at the gate, beautiful. And they did something unscheduled. Instead of going into the temple and praying that God, God, you need to heal somebody or God, uh, God, heal that guy at the gate that we pass all the time. Instead of praying that in the temple, they just said, hey, why would we just do it right here? It's a, this is unscheduled, right? This is, this is not protocol. This is not procedure. Why can't, why can't we just do that right here? And so they said, silver and gold have I none. Uh, rise up and walk. And so there, boom, a miracle happened. It wasn't even scheduled on, on, on the church calendar, and yet God decided to move. Why? Because somebody was saying, hey, God, it's your time to move. You can do whatever you want to do. I'll just be that vessel. I'll pour out uh, wherever and whenever I, uh, I'm available. You want me to do that? We can do that. And so uh, as long as we are willing to give up our schedule, because the church is meant to be unscheduled. And we can have church at any time if we're really willing to put aside our schedule and let God have his way. Stand with me today. There's a guy that I know that if you would talk with him just for a minute, you would see the the joy of the Lord in him, he's excited. You, you ask him, well, how's it going? He's, he, man, God is doing great things and revival and, and all these things. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's on fire for God. But you'll never see him on YouTube. You won't see a, 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 a sermon that he's preaching on YouTube. You won't see him doing social media posts and all these things. Oh, God, we're doing this for God. And again, you know, not speaking against that, but it can get crazy sometimes. In fact, if I told you his name, you wouldn't even recognize his name. He's not even a preacher. He's not even Sunday school teacher. He's not... I don't even know what he does in the church, if anything. And he may be an usher. But he certainly is not on the platform or doesn't spend time in the mic. 
But yet he's, his life is on fire for God. Because he just got tired of going through the motions, tired of the schedules, showing up, checking the box off and all of these things. He said, God, there's got to be more out there. There's got to be more to church than this. So he began to tarry, began to change up his schedule, saying, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And so what he does all by himself, he's not on a church calendar, pastor doesn't go with him, this is just him, just a regular guy in the church. Every Saturday he goes out and just walks the street looking for somebody to be a blessing to, to reach out. And again, he's not, a, he's not a, one of these crazy extroverts that, yeah, you can see how he does that. No, this guy, he's, he's an introvert. But he said, God, you need to change me. And so he goes out every Saturday just giving his testimony Reaching out to the homeless, people that nobody wants, bringing them some food out of his own pocket, just telling them about Jesus and how God can change their life. And the revival that he is seeing, he'll tell you about it. It's just lives are being transformed. And uh, it got to the point where he's like, well, I, these people need to be baptized. And, you know, it's not Sunday. It's not the scheduled time to get baptized, but they got to get baptized. And so what does he do? He goes and he buys a water trough with his own money and says, hey, these people need to get baptized. I'm going to baptize them. Why not? He's got the Holy Ghost, right? So here he is, this man just got going out there, reaching these people, telling them about Jesus, giving them some food, baptizing them, and they're getting the Holy Ghost and getting delivered from drugs and addiction and all these things. And it's a guy, just a guy who comes to church and sits on the pew, but yet he said, uh, I, I'm getting a little tired of the, 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 the schedules and all these things, but God, I want you to do something in me. Or something up inside of me that I can see what you really want me to do and use me in. And so there he goes. Every week he goes out. And he's excited, man. Can you imagine praying people through the Holy Ghost and baptizing them every weekend? You'd be excited too. You wouldn't care about what's going on and what people are saying. Or I can't, can you believe what they said or he said or what they did or he did? He ain't got time for any of that. Why? Because he's out there reaching people, baptizing them and, and praying them through the Holy Ghost. And, and it's not on his church calendar. It's not on the schedule there at the church. He's not even a preacher or a licensed minister. He's just a guy that says, God, you can use me to reach somebody. And whatever the schedule is, I gotta, I'll clear myself out, uh, clear it out so that you can go and do it. I don't, I don't, I, I forget how many people he told me that he's baptized and got the Holy Ghost. And a lot of times those people don't even, don't even come to church. They don't, they don't follow, they don't show up at the scheduled time. 
but yet God's reaching them. God's ministering to them because somebody said, hey, uh, the church has got to go beyond the four walls. And uh, on the way to the, to the temple, the hour of prayer, they said, hey, why can't you get uh, healed right here? You don't have to, we don't have to wait till Sunday or, or Thursday or any other special time. No, it can happen right here. And so the church is not a, a scheduled thing or a program, but it's all unscheduled. But we got to make sure that we are saying, okay, God, I want you to do something in me and, and, and use me in the service, but you can still use me Sunday at 2 o'clock when the lights shut off, everyone vacates this building doesn't mean the church is shut down. It means that we are to go forth and let's step into the unknown, the unscheduled, whatever God wants uh, to do. And uh, I don't know how much, uh, how many people this man has reached, uh, baptized, but he may, he may ba- have baptized more people himself than they did at their church. I don't know. But I, I can tell talking with him that he might look forward to Saturday more than Sunday. Again, I'm not not trying to talk down about the service and church. We need this. But if, if you had a Bible study on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, you'd be excited about church on Sunday, but you'd be excited about whenever that is. And if you're out there baptizing people and filling them with the Holy Ghost, you'd be excited about that too. Why? Because you can't contain God. Uh, as soon as we try to schedule him into these things, no. God says, I can do more than what you can even imagine. Uh, and so what God needs is somebody to say, God, it's not my will. Whatever you want to do in me, change my mind, change my heart, change my schedule. Because the church is greater than what we experience right here. We need this and this is powerful. But we got to take what we get here and we got to go forth out and on Monday we gotta take the fire and who can I who can ignite this? I'm gonna put this in somebody's life and on Tuesday God you can do a work again on Tuesday instead of just taking the fire today we're all excited today and tomorrow we're you know it's don't mess with me devil Monday and then Tuesday starts dwindling down and then uh, Wednesday, you're like, woe is me, Wednesday, and then Thursday, you're maybe pushing through, and Friday, it's the fire's out on Friday. That's not how it's, that's not how the church is to be. If, if that's the way it is in our life, we've somehow built up Sunday like this is the only time and place that God can move. Uh, but that's not the Bible, uh, and that's not how God scheduled this thing. God is unscheduled. Each and every day, the revival fire can fall in our lives and into somebody else's life. And so we have to understand that God cannot be contained inside these four walls, and we don't want him to. But the revival that's going to happen... Revival that's going to happen in this church is not just a revival that we put on the calendar. But revival in a church happens when you go home and the fire falls in your house. And the fire falls in your neighbor's house. 
And then once we all come and finally gather a symbol on Sunday, then revival fire is really burning. But it doesn't start here. It should be started in our homes because revival means to revive, to bring back to life. Our homes need to be put need to be revived again. Our our prayer time at home needs to be revived. Our our Bible study with our family needs to be revived. That's revival, folks. When we start waking back up and we saying, God, use me today. Use me at home. I don't got to wait till Sunday at 11 o'clock for this to happen. No, God can use us at any moment. We just got to be willing and ready to say, God, it's not my will. Jesus says in Luke 10, he says, Therefore he said unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. It sounds to me like there's already a revival out there ready. But we got to say, God, let me... Let me clear out some space in my schedule that you can send me forth and I can go forth into the harvest and see what you have in store. He says, and John says, uh, there are yet four months and then come with the harvest. He says, Behold, I send you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already I believe that there's a harvest already out there waiting. And as much as we want them to come through the doors, at some point we're going to say, I got to go, Lord, lead me to somebody out there that I can bring them here. And if they get baptized in here, that's great. But if they, if it's if it's someday during the middle of the week and they want to get baptized at some swimming pool, hey, as long as you go down in the name of Jesus Christ, that's what baptism is, right? That's going beyond the walls. That's going to the under scheduled territories and that's what God is calling you and me to do is to, to follow the leading of the spirit and today and tomorrow and so this 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 sermon really doesn't have an ending because then that would be it's scheduled a scheduled close but what I want us to do this week is to experience an unscheduling event. Like Peter and John walking to the temple, all of a sudden, a miracle just happened. You see, I believe God can do that through any, every single one of us that's got the Holy Ghost. There can be miracles, signs, and wonders all week long. If, we're, if we believe that and we're open to that and allow God to use us, amen, we, we can have unscheduled church throughout all the week long and not just on Sundays at 11, but all throughout. That's To me, that's what revival looks like when the fires are igniting throughout the city because somebody's teaching somebody a Bible study and somebody's getting filled with the Holy Ghost. That's revival. Bible fire starting to spread and as much as as we do here uh, we need all of this and we need to take all this with us and to go forth into the city in our homes and say God use me ignite me change the heart in me God I don't want to make it all about the schedule but God whatever it is that you want me to do I want to open up these altars today if you need something from the Lord he's here, he's available give yourself to him and don't forget to take him with you today because there's something unscheduled this week that God is trying to prepare us for and we want to make sure we're ready for that come on let's come and seek his face God help me to align myself with you 
align myself with your ways, God. It's not about me or my schedule, but it's a your will to be done, God. Come on, let's come and worship him. God's got so much in store. We can't put it all in the calendar. We can't put it all in the schedule, but we got to be willing and ready at a moment's notice to say, such as I have, give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be delivered from that. You can pray somebody through deliverance out there on the streets. Come on, God's given us the power over the enemy. Let's go. Go forth into the city and reach this world. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. God, I don't want to contain it. I don't want to keep it in, but I got to let it go. Release it in me, Jesus. Let this river flow from me, God.
God has so much more in store for us than we can even contain or even imagine. And if we make ourselves available to Him, amen, we can see what He wants us to do. We go home this week and we unschedule things so that we can schedule God in. Man, we begin to see changes in our life and our homes because because we just because we dismiss church here doesn't mean church is over. Church keeps on going because we are the church. Amen. And I'm excited for what God is going to do through us and in us. Amen. If we if we take every opportunity to become available for God to use, you never know what God can do. Sometimes I know it's easy to get caught in our own ways and, and schedules and things and zipping in and out of stores and all these things, but if we sit and think about it, every encounter with somebody else is a potential opportunity for God to do something. There's a soul there. If we don't see him in church, there's a soul there. But if we're so busy just getting in and out, then we could miss the guy at the gate beautiful. And there's so much people out there that need God and need a hunger, need something real. And we have what's we have what is real. Amen. And so we want to take it to them. Amen. And invite them here for what God is doing. Amen. God bless you all. Dismiss in Jesus' name. Let's go and be the church outside the walls.